Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Nuria Martinez-Keel. And I'm Kayla Branch. You're listening to The Source. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them. This week, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement officers were removed from the Oklahoma County Jail. Until they weren't. We'll take you through another strange week in Oklahoma County politics. So, Kayla... I'm getting a bit of a feeling of deja vu this week because I'm back talking with you about a meeting concerning the Oklahoma County Jail that was highly contentious and very unusual in a room filled with shouting protesters. No peace! No justice! No peace! No justice! No peace! We've seen the jail at the center of controversial meetings in recent weeks, especially concerning the use of federal aid money. This time we saw the board of officials who run the jail, called the Oklahoma County Jail Trust, publicly discussing for the first time the presence of U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement officers at the county jail. First of all, Kayla, why was it a big deal that the Oklahoma County Jail Trust was even talking about ICE in this meeting? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question that I think really sets the stage for the environment at this meeting, which the meeting was very long. There were a lot of topics that were important. And uh, we'd been sitting there for probably two hours by the time that ICE comes up. And ICE, immigration, how to handle those issues is very political and it's very contentious just as a general topic for everybody. And the jail trust didn't take over the jail until this past July, So, but they've been formed since last year, and they haven't discussed it. They've kind of tried to stay pretty neutral uh, up until t- actually taking over the jail on a variety of different policies. I think they wanted to um, not put themselves in a corner on what they would or wouldn't do. And so they hadn't really talked about this and they've kind of deferred uh, questions about what it would look like until later. And so knowing that this was a contentious topic and that they were going to be um, needing to make these choices soon, that's why it was such a big deal that it was even brought up and put on an agenda at, you know, the first time for the first time in a public meeting. People have been protesting for more than a year to have ICE removed from the county jail. Why do they want ICE officers gone? It was last July, I believe, when we saw um, several groups come and demonstrate, again, at trust meetings, but this was before they took over the jail. And what folks were talking about at that point had to do a lot with, you know, the um, phrase innocent until proven guilty. And so some of 
why they want these officers removed just has to do with the type of work that these officers do. So essentially, ICE officers, when they work inside of a facility, are there to help with the identification process of people when they are booked into jail. And there are lots of different background checks and systems that your name is put through when you have been arrested and you're taken to jail. And depending on the type of charges that you have, um, you are required by state law to have your name checked for citizenship status. And that is a lot of what these ICE officers are doing. You know, there are concerns, though, that they aren't just checking based on the type of charges that you have, but they're checking based on the sound of your name or what you look like. Uh, and so that is a concern that people have. This is an emotional one. This, this one hits home, okay? I want to give you guys that perspective. I've had multiple family members deported. I've had, and for nothing. All right, one uncle was out working a job when a police officer happened to pass by and ended up being away from his children for 10 years. All right? Partnering or having a spirit of cooperation with an agency such as ICE is detrimental to the fabric of our communities. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Policies like this that has been perpetuated at the Oklahoma County Jail tear apart our communities. They take parents away from their children. Yes. All right. That has a lasting impact on these kids. They don't know when they're going to see their parents again. All right. Lives are completely ruined by this for a minor infraction. All right, say, Ms. Simpson, you say the policy only applies when there's a felony charge or a DUI uh, suspected, right? This, and I was yelling this from the crowd, maybe y'all heard me, but this completely undermines the presumption of innocence that is due to all people under our Constitution. Thank you. And so let's say they're there, they're making this booking process, checking for citizenship status go more quickly. And they have questions about you, they will issue what's called a detainer request or a hold. And that essentially means that ICE has flagged you as potentially having some sort of problem or you know issue within the immigration system, and they want to look further into you. And so um, if by the time you are ready to be out of jail, you're ready to be uh, released and go through that process, uh, they are asking the jail to hold you for an additional 48 hours so they can come pick you up and transfer you to another ICE holding facility, which the county jail is not an ICE holding facility. They do not have a contract like that. And by having ICE officers working inside the jail, essentially it makes that whole process just go more quickly and it's more likely that you are going to be taken to an ICE holding facility um, rather than if you know they didn't have office space inside of the county jail. There were protesters in the room at the meeting on Monday chanting and making noise. So how did their presence have an impact on the decisions that were being made? Yeah, it definitely had an impact. You know, like you mentioned, this is just the latest in a long string of recent meetings at the county government, whether it's with the jail trust or the board of county commissioners that have been just very chaotic, very rambunctious, a lot of yelling. Um, There are bullhorns. Just sit down and shut up, old white man. If you get in the way, just shut up. Shut up! We have people assigned to We have people assigned up to speak! You may not table the voice of the people. You may not do that. That is not your choice. 
at this particular meeting, uh, they, uh, they, as in the group of uh, residents, the Oklahoma County residents who have been showing up repeatedly, they performed a funeral during public comment as kind of a way to tell the jail trust that they are, you know, uh, contributing to a system that is killing people. Um, they also performed a, and called for a citizen's arrest of jail trust members for things like grand larceny. Uh, so it, they get the the tension is thick. It is palpable in the air. And again, at this point, when we're talking about ICE in this meeting, we've been there for several hours, and and those hours have been filled with that same type of energy. And so, I mean, you could see it on the trustees' faces of I don't want to say weariness and you know kind of attribute emotions to them, but it had been a long meeting at this point, and people were very upset um, that these ICE officers were in the jail. And at one point, it seemed like they may not, you know, even talk about this anymore, even though it was on the agenda. One trustee wanted to pull it off of the agenda. But eventually they decided that they would would continue to talk about it. And throughout that discussion, there was a lot of yelling and chanting. There was some cheering, you know, when but when other trustees would say, maybe this is a problem or maybe we do need to look at this. And eventually, by the time they were taking a vote, after each person was voting, there was a reaction from the crowd. And uh, on the last vote, uh, whether the trustee was going to um, vote, yes, we should remove them, he was kind of sitting there and there was a lot of back and forth. Folks were yelling at him that he needed to do this, that um, he needed to do the right thing. And, and he said, you know, this is this is tough. You know, I had a couple of comments to make on this, and I kind of got walked on. This is hard. No, it it's not so hard to be so But eventually, and it was reported by some folks and worded that, you know, the trust kind of bowed to this public pressure of folks in the room that were just yelling and chanting. And so it, it definitely had an impact on, I think, the way that that vote turned out. Some of the members of the jail trust seem to agree with the protesters, you know, that they no longer wanted ICE at the jail. ICE had its own office within the jail for several years while the Oklahoma County Sheriff's Office was in charge of the jail. Now that the sheriff no longer runs the facility, how did members of the jail trust ultimately vote on this issue? At the beginning of this discussion, it was uh, trustee Francie Ekwerekwu who brought this issue forward to the board. Um, she is a public defender. She works in a lot of um, di diversion capacity. So she tries to you know, get people out of jail and into treatment programs um, as part of her work. She's very involved. And so she brought this up. And for her, it was... I think more of an emotional issue on one level at the beginning of introducing this discussion. You know, she said that people have been protesting this, people have been talking about this, and we as the jail trust have said, oh, we don't run the jail yet, we're just kind of pushing it off. And she said, I'm not pushing it off anymore. You know, I want to talk about this. I'm not afraid to talk about this. For us to stop 
being contributors to the terrorism yeah. of families who are vulnerable to the ICE agent who lives in our jail rent free, by the way. Thank you. Um, it's time that we remove that agent from our jail. Our spirit needs to be the spirit of keeping people alive. Let's try that. Yes. And let's try the spirit of keeping families united. Thank you. Keeping them intact. Thank you. Let's try the spirit of humanity. Yeah. I think that we need to take a hard look at ourselves as humans. We're trustees, yes, but we're humans first. Thank you. Regardless of our color, regardless of our financial status, we're humans. And she said that, you know, ICE terrorizes families and it rips children from their parents. And it's really traumatizing and we need to get those officers out of the jail. And so there was that emotional aspect to it as well that kind of colored this whole discussion. But there was also the just technical discussion too about you know what legally does the jail have to do because state law again does require that for some charges citizenship status is checked um, but state law just says that there has to be a reasonable attempt to check for citizenship status it, there is no legal requirement to have ice officers in the jail doing that work and there you know, were just some uh, technicalities that were discussed as well that I think a lot of the trustees were hinging their opinion on, you know, it, and one one trustee in particular said this discussion isn't even so much about you know ICE as an agency or um, you know what that looks like broadly in our community. The discussion is what is reasonable and is it reasonable to actually be providing free office space to federal agents in our facility. And so uh, on that end, it seemed like, you know, that got trustees mostly to say, maybe it's not, maybe it isn't. So, um, and this is important background for what I'm about to explain. So the Oklahoma County Jail Trust is made up of nine members. There are nine people who serve on this board. And at this particular meeting, eight of them were present. And right before this vote was taken, one of those eight logged off and they were it was the trust chairwoman trisha everest she had been attending the meeting virtually and again just right before this vote was taken she was logged off so at voting time there are seven members who are going to vote uh four of them voted to remove the ICE officers. So that included Trustee M.T. Berry, who was the first black police chief in Oklahoma City and a former longtime assistant city manager. It included Trustee Francie Ekwakru, who she was the one who brought this up, and the public defender. Uh, ben Brown, a former state lawmaker. And Jim Couch, who was the longtime city manager for Oklahoma City. Danny Honeycutt, who is the legal counsel for the sheriff's office, he did not vote, he abstained. And then trustees Kevin Calvey, who is a county commissioner, and Todd Lamb, the former lieutenant governor for Oklahoma, they both voted no. So in this meeting, there are cheers erupting after this vote's taken because everyone is thinking, we just removed these ICE officers, and this is a huge big deal. Right, like a majority of the people in the room, the majority of the board members in the room have voted to remove ICE. Yes. The vote is, at this point, four yeses, two noes, and one abstention. So it passes. 
And there was some whispering going on as this vote's being taken, you know, the up on the horseshoe, as they call it, where elected officials will sit during meetings like this. There's some whispering going on. And at one point, one of the demonstrators yelled, you know, secrets don't make friends. And there's a lot of yelling going on. It was just a very chaotic time. And as it had been the whole meeting and so there was whispering, but yeah, everyone's really excited. I talked with trustee Francia Kuraku after the meeting. We had a phone call and she told me, I am just thrilled. I'm so surprised. I wasn't expecting it to pass, but it did. We're really excited. First and foremost, I'm just excited to even, well, excited isn't even the word. I think I'm blessed and fortunate and just, humbled mm. to be a part of this historical day that families that have been terrorized by the presence of an ICE agent in the Oklahoma County Jail will no longer have to face that fear. And I write a story that's, you know, that gets posted up on social media and yeah, we, you know, thought that the day was done. But, you know, with county government, that doesn't necessarily seem to be the case. Okay, so the votes are cast, the meeting ends, people are celebrating that they secured a win with ICE being kicked out of the jail. And then, Kayla, you get a text late Monday evening that changes everything. And I want to I want people to know that this was the evening of your birthday that you got this text <laughs> message. Yes, this was yes, Monday was my birthday. So all this was going on. So just added another wrinkle to to your personal life there. You you get a text late Monday evening that changes everything. What does it say? Yeah, so it's after 8 p.m. on Monday. Um, our deadline at the Oklahoma is strictly 7.30 for what makes the paper. So it's after way after deadline. And I get a text from the trust chairwoman, Trisha Everest, that just says, somebody asked the jail's attorney how many votes are needed for something called affirmative action. So essentially how many votes are needed for something to actually get passed by the trust. And the attorney said, there have, has to be a majority. And again, this is where we go back to the trust is made up of nine people. And so a majority is five. And so even though only seven people voted and a majority of those four voted yes, it wasn't a supermajority based on the actual number of people that make up the trust, which this is in the trust's bylaws. This is how it is written. That is true. And so it essentially, the vote doesn't count. It, I, no action is going to be taken based on what happened on Monday's meeting. And people were furious. They were so mad because the the trust attorney was there. He was sitting up at the front and there was no discussion ab about this at the time. And so people essentially just think, you know, something really fishy is going on and that they just did this to get us off their backs. And it, it turned into being something completely different uh, than what we had expected just hours earlier. Yeah, was there ever any explanation for that, Kayla? I know you mentioned, you know, with so many people yelling in the room that there was some 
whispering going on at the front of the room, but was there ever any explanation for why the trust attorney never spoke up and said, wait, 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 this has not officially passed? Why didn't you say that at the time? I did actually talk to the trust attorney, John Michael Williams, earlier today, and I asked him this question, you know, people are really upset. Why was this not brought up in the meeting? And he said that the meeting environment made it difficult to know exactly what was going on and that the meeting ended really quickly after this vote was taken. And that's true. It did end um, just pretty much immediately after this. And he said that, you know, he went out from the meeting room and pretty immediately received a question from one of the trustees, which I've been told it was trustee Kevin Calvey who asked this question, um, received a question about the fact that there weren't five yes votes. And he said, well, okay, I need to go back to my office and get the trust indenture, which is the the bylaws essentially, and look this up and double check. And he said that it, it just took a little bit to figure out if that actually was going to be the case. So it seemed like he maybe just didn't have it right off the top of his head and that um, he found the environment of the vote and the meeting to be stressful. And so it just didn't get brought up uh, until later. So what's next? Do they vote on this again? That seems to be what I'm hearing. Uh, Trustee Ekwekru, she said that she'll be looking into this and following it up, that she's not going to let it go. Um, She said that she thinks that it might be required for her to put it on another agenda. Uh, And, you know, we'll see what happens if it gets brought up for a vote again. You know, honestly, after covering the trust for a year, I was surprised that it passed this first time. I was really surprised. And it'll be, I think, a feat to get it passed again with that five-person majority voting yes. So at this point, that's what it looks like, that it didn't count regardless of, you know, what everyone thought during the meeting and right after that the ICE officers are still allowed to work in the jail uh, and that we'll have to wait until another vote is taken. And and it's not clear what, you know, ICE, the agency itself has to say about this. They haven't responded to my uh, request for comments yet. So, you know, I'm sure that they'll have some sort of opinion and yeah, it, it's kind of up in the air at this moment. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for taking us through yet another wild day in county politics. Yeah, happy to do it. Thanks, Naria. Thanks for joining us this week. You can read all these stories and more every day in The Oklahoman and at oklahoman.com. Check back next Friday for a new episode.